Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Judges with chapter 17. And we start reading the very sorry story of the Pesel, the um, image of Micha, of Micah. <coughs> this, of course, um, is... Uh, a, a very sorry tale, uh, a story that more than anything illustrates to us just how far the people sunk and how distant they are from the concepts and ideas that God tried to teach them and how contrary this was to the entire purpose of them being given the land of Israel. Um, so, we're going to just begin. The story really speaks for itself for the most part, and I'm going to make some observations as we go along, of course. There was a person from the Ephraim region. So, Ephraim, again, a mountainous region, and it is the, uh, the um, most important of what eventually later on in history will become the Northern Kingdom, the most prominent tribe of the... Uh, of the ones that aligned themselves against Judah later on in history. So Ephraim was a very strong, prominent tribe. They figured several times in Judges, we've had them pop up here and there. But now we have Ushmo Michayahu. There was a uh, man by the name was name was Micah. Um, literally, his, his name would translate Michayahu would, uh, to be who is like God. So... And he said to his mother one day, that 1,100 silver, uh, 1, silver pieces that was stolen from you, and uh, you made a shvua, you swore, and you even um, uh, and said it to me. In other words, uh, apparently she had made uh, some kind of a, a curse, uh, cursing whoever it was that stole it. And you even told me, cursed be whoever stole it. The money is with me. I stole it from you. <laughs> and his mother said to him, My son, may you be blessed to God. So here you have a case. It's a very awkward situation. Micha stole this a, a huge sum of money from his mother. But apparently he had remorse. And his mother, of course, had cursed whoever it was that had taken it, and now she found out that her curse would lie upon her own son. So she says, no, may you be blessed. And she was happy that he confessed, and he owned up to his sin. So this is a point where you could have something redeeming happen here. Maybe he recognizes that he did something wrong, and, and then goes on a better path in life. But that's not exactly what happens. So what happens? Verse 3, This is good so far. He gives the money back to his mother. And then his mother says, I have, it sounds, I, I have or I will or I am. Um, it's really past tense here. I have already made it hegdesh. I have already consecrated this money to God. Seemingly she had already said, that when I get it back, I'll give it to God. Miadi from my hand, Livani for my son, Laasot Pesalumasecha to make a image and a and a form. 
Now, these words, Petzalum Masecha, reminds us of not, not, nothing less than the Ten Commandments themselves, that we are not allowed to make a Petzalum Masecha. Fi'ata. And now I will return it to you. So here she hands the money, rather than her take this money and make it uh, and, and make it into a pesel umasecha. Remember these exact words are said in is it Deuteronomy um, twenty-seven fifteen. Cursed is the man who makes a pesel umasecha, a form and an image. Something which is abominable to God, the work of a of a of a craftsman, and so on. So, so in other words, she cursed the person, and now she goes and gives it to her son, um, who she says is blessed to God, and tells him to make a pesulim asecha, which, which is, which, is the ultimate source of a curse. A person who makes, who takes something and makes a form or an image, and then uh, an uh, an item of worship, uh, a human creation. So the the the, the twistedness of all this is so it's it's hard to kind of get your head around it. Um, that she somehow thinks that this is a good thing is is just uh, is just astounding. It's astounding how far the people have strayed that you can have someone that thinks like this. Here she's trying to remove a curse from her son and she tells him to do something which is very explicitly written in the Torah that is actually the source of a curse. So he gave the silver back to his mother. Um, uh, and then she took out of the money so in the end she didn't consecrate all of the money. Just 200 pieces of silver she gave back to her. Uh, uh, as she took Vatitneu, and um, and uh, she gave it to Latzoref to a smelter, a person who makes the uh, metal items. Vayaseu pesel masecha, and he made it into a silver form. Vayibeves michayo, and this this image was being kept in the house of Micah. This image of worship, this idol, v'haish micha, and this the man Micha lo beis Elohim. He had a house of God. So in other words, he had a house, his own little house of idol worship. Vayas utrafim, and he made in addition to this thing, this item of worship, he also made an ephod, which is some sort of a apron utrafim, and trafim are are items used in the worship of idols. et yad and he appointed one of his sons who acted as a priest in his little idol worship house. In those days, Ein Melech be Israel. There was no king in Israel. Everyone did their own thing. One of the lessons that we find repeated in Judges, and we're going to see it as we as we approach, is this Ish Hayashar Everyone's doing their own thing because there was no king. The Book of Judges seems to suggest that the primary reason why the people had sunk to such a level was because there was no centralized leadership. At least that's the impression that you get. That one is linked to the other. Those that are familiar with the progression of the entire Tanakh, of the entire Bible, will see that the kings, having a king and centralized leadership, 
to some degree kind of sort of solved some problems you know in the days of solomon and the days of david certainly there were good times when the people were being led in the right direction but then again that split and they couldn't hold on to a single central image a single a central leader and they ended up splitting into civil war and making two separate nations and then eventually the kings themselves became corrupt so a king even though at this point in history a king seemed like the answer to the problem uh, and that's the suggestion of this book, that we need a centralized leader. But we learn later that even a king is not the answer to the problem because the king himself could be a corrupt leader as well. And there was a young man who came from the city of Bethlehem, which was, is in the territory of Judah. He was related and in a Judah family, uh, presumably, although his father... Vuhu Levi, and he was a Levite, Vuhu Garsham, and he lived there in Judah. So he was technically a Levite, so which means that his father was, was a descendant of Levi. However, he had mar- the family had married into a family of Judah, and he lived in Judah. Now the Levites won't inherit in the land of Judah, and they therefore are dependent upon the others. So he left the town of Bethlehem in Judah looking for a place to settle down, to live in a place where he could find because um, as in other times of history, the sons who don't inherit in the families, they got to wander and look for a place to go. So he did. So eventually in his wanderings, he landed in the region of Ephraim, Ad Beis Micha, Lasso and as he's on his way, he finds the house of Micah, this this uh, worship house, and he hangs out and he figures he's a place to stay while he's looking. Vayomerla Micha Mayayin Tavo is verse nine, and Micha says to him, "Where are you coming from?" Vayomerilav, and he says to him, "Levi Anochi, I am a Levite, Mibet Lachem Yehuda, and that's where I'm coming from, from Bethlehem, which is in Judah." Vayomerilav, Holech Lagur Basherim Tzah, I don't have a place to live yet. I'm walking, walking around the land looking for a place to live where I can find a place to live. So Micha said to him, Micah said to him, Why don't you just stay here with me? You're a Levite. That means that you are a man of God. Stay with me. And you can be a literally a father and a priest. You'll be a leader here. You'll be a religious leader. I got here a nice temple. I got here a nice idol. You're a nice lady. This is perfect. I'll give you 10 pieces of silver per year to live on. I'll give you clothes. I'll give you food. And the, um, the Levi went. In other words, he, he, he left his place and he, he settled there. Now, so just to give you a sense here, this, he's giving him a salary of 10 pieces of silver per year. The amount of silver he had stolen from his mother, right, was... 1100 pieces of silver so just get a sense for how much money we were talking about if if, a, if it's a reasonable salary to give a priest he's getting a, a salary a place to stay clothing and food so it but but his salary is 10 pieces of silver per year that's so he's giving him all, uh, the amount of money he stole was the equivalent of 11 years worth of a salary so it's a significant sum of money even though he wasn't necessarily a highly paid worker, but still, it's still a lot. And the Levite agreed to stay with this man, with, in other words, with, with Micah. And this young man became like one of Micah's own sons. 
and and Micha appointed and 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 placed this appointment of being the priest into the hands of this lady Vayihilo Hanar Lakoin, and this and the and the young man became a priest there Vayibes Micha and he stayed in the house of Micha. Of Micah, Vayomer Micha, and Micah said, "Ata yadati." Now I know ki yativ that God will do good for me ki li halevi because now I legitimized myself. I took an actual Levite, someone who's supposed to be serving in God's temple. He's now serving here in this temple. It's so mixed up the way he's thinking, and and the, it's presented so that we should see this incredible amount of corruption and confusion of the religious idea and the religious ideal that the people are supposed to live with that a person could think that this is somehow something good the contrast between which is screamed out over and over again in the Torah as being exactly what you shouldn't do in Micah's mind it's okay that this should be something that he does for God it it, it the, the, the cognitive dissonance here is exactly the point of this chapter, is to knock into our heads just how lost the people were at this time. Um, thank you so much. This, this concludes chapter 17. We'll continue reading about the saga of the uh, Pesel Micha, the idol of Micah, which we'll continue reading in chapter 18. Looking forward to studying that together with you. Have a wonderful day.